Welcome to another edition of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. Today we're coming to you from the KSJD Community Radio Studios in downtown Cortez, Colorado. The story you're about to hear was told by Katie Burford at our live storytelling event in May when the theme was baggage. Katie worked as a journalist for 13 years in the U.S. and Latin America before leaving the field to start a business making ice cream. She will cover her reasons for this arguably pathological decision in her story. She has two boys, Leo, 10, and Rex, 7, who think having the ice cream lady as a mother is the coolest. Please don't remind her that this will all change when they are teenagers. Here's Katie's story. This story is about emotional baggage and its relative weight, how one single truth can feel as heavy as a concrete block chained to your ankle, or it can feel as light as a coin that you can slip in your pocket. It starts in September 2012. That is when I came to admit that I had a drinking problem. Now up to this point, I had managed to avoid many of the pitfalls of that affliction. I never got a DUI. I didn't get fired from my job. I hadn't lost my house, husband, or children. So I figured if I could get myself straight, I would have dodged a bullet. Early on in this journey, I met a person who turned out to live really close to me and uh, was struggling with some of the same problems. And that was such a huge relief to meet someone who knew how hard it was to make this change, someone who understood the despair of feeling like a fraud all the time. His example and his encouragement really got me through those early days. So after those six months, I became really busy with starting my own business. After so many years numbing out, I was on fire to do something new and creative, and I didn't know what that was gonna be. But while I was pondering it, I was eating a lot of ice cream, and one day it occurred to me, Durango has no local ice cream shop, and I need to start one. And uh, it wasn't like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? It was like, I am completely and utterly possessed with the idea of opening an ice cream shop like socialist revolution is for Bernie Sanders, ice cream was for me. <laughs> and so during this time, I didn't see my neighbor very much, but one day I was looking out my kitchen window and I saw him standing there talking to his son just off the street. They were sitting on the ground and there was a bicycle next to them and I gathered because his son looked upset that it must have been a new bike and he was having some trouble learning to ride it. And so I decided to go out and say hi. And as I approached, his face like flashed genuine warmth and I asked him how he was doing. Great, he said, everything's been nice, really nice. And I wanted to believe him, but in my gut, I couldn't. I felt like I was looking at the mask and not the person underneath person who I knew had suffered some really dark days, just like I had. The person whose biggest struggle had been admitting that he had problems when he was supposed to be the one with all the answers. 
I told him I hoped we could talk again soon. Now, during that time, I was grappling with some major struggles of my own. It has been said that a key part of addiction is not being able to bear to be present in your own life. I had taken away the addiction, but I still felt like I couldn't bear to be present in my life. But when I looked at my life, I couldn't figure out why. I had two lovely children, a loving husband, and now a business that brought me into contact with happy people all day long. But the more I tried to focus on the good things in my life, the more it just felt like it wasn't my life. That feeling was really starting to spill over into my, my marriage, and so we decided to get counseling. And I remember sitting on the sofa and staring at my outstretched hand, and it was like I was reaching for something, but I just couldn't figure out what it was, and I was just up against a wall because that situation had become intolerable for us both. And so one day in the morning, I prayed and I said, I need direction and uh, I promise I'll take it, no matter where it leads. And about an hour later, I'm driving in my car and a picture explodes in my head. It's like my life and all its experiences laid out before me like a quilt. But the color of some of the patches has changed and it's like revealing a whole new picture. And I realized that I had my direction. But it meant I was gonna have to have a difficult conversation with my husband. And that happened several days later. Under the blaring summer sun, we took a walk down the street where our children had spent so many hours playing. And just as I was getting to the very core of it, I look up and see my neighbor sitting in his parked car. As we come up alongside him, he said he was just getting some air conditioning. And I see his son is sitting in the back seat of the parked car. And at that point, I was pretty sure that he was in a bad place but I was too overwhelmed to do anything other than keep walking and talking and saying what I had to say. I think I know what the problem is, I told my husband. It's that I'm gay. Now there's a lot of ways that somebody can respond to that, especially a spouse. And, uh, but the way he responded made me instantly certain that it was gonna be okay. He was accepting and understanding, and even a little bit relieved. All these years, he thought there was something wrong with him. Turns out it was just his Y chromosome. <laughs> so uh, we're now amicably divorced. Our kids are doing great, and I no longer feel like I can't bear to be present in my life. So that's how my story ends. But that's not how my neighbor's story ends. He killed himself not long after that. So many times I've looked at this coin, which he gave me, and asked myself why our stories ended so differently, and whether there was something I could have done to reach him. I have no answers, but I do believe our paths crossed at that particular moment for a reason. Just so that he could give me the courage to come here tonight and tell you the story, and to give you a message. That when the pain that is killing you comes from inside, armor won't help. 
but your village can. Please let it. Thanks, Katie, for telling that story. To hear more from Katie, stick around for the outtake at the end of this podcast. And to hear more stories like this one, subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where you can also leave your comments and share the stories with your friends. And if you want to pitch your own story for a future Raven Narratives live storytelling event, go to ravennarratives.org and fill out the form on the contact page. You can also see a photo gallery of our storytellers and find out what the themes will be at upcoming events. The Raven Narratives is a production of KSJD Community Radio in Cortez, Colorado. Find out more at ksjd.org. Special thanks goes to our sound engineering wizard, Mike McAllister, for his technical expertise in recording and mixing the Raven Narrative stories told at the Sunflower Theater. Support for the Raven Narratives comes from Red Scarf Shots Photography Studio in Durango, Colorado. Find out more at redscarfshots.com. Now for the outtake. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I decide I'm going to do it. And I, you know, it's not like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have an ice cream shop? It's like I am completely possessed with this idea. It's like socialist revolution is for Bernie <laughs> Sanders. I am all about ice cream. And so... Uh, ice cream revolution. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ice cream for the people. <laughs>